Ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the Rizzo cast, put your hands together for Steven Risotto. What is going on, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 96 of Rizzo cast. I'm Steven Risotto. And today, uh, I decided to switch things up a little bit. In case you follow me on Twitter, I sent out a tweet uh, a few days ago uh, stating, hey, attention all baseball fans, if you want to come on the podcast and talk some baseball, talk about how you got involved in baseball, favorite baseball moments, favorite baseball players, why you love the game, let's get you on the podcast and let's share your story. Because at the end of the day, baseball is in a spot right now where you could make the argument that the other two sports are really popular, even more popular than baseball. Uh, and the NFL and the NBA have gotten a lot of the hype in the national spotlight. And, and baseball is kind of starting to come back a little bit uh, with some of the great young players in the game today. Uh, and I figured let's shed a light on the baseball fan, the baseball fan that has been a baseball fan for a long time, that has a really unique story. Not a lot of podcasts do this. Not a lot of podcasts give fans the opportunity to kind of run the show. And that's something that I was looking forward to doing this time around uh, and switching it up a little bit. So there's going to be about 10 parts to this thing. Uh, a few interviews in each part. Uh, today, uh, you guys are going to be introduced to Nick, Spencer, and Matt, three baseball fans uh, from around the United States. And they're going to share their story on how they got into the game. Uh, enjoy more RizzoCast content coming through. This is going to uh, kind of be sort of a, a mix and match with my original content, the interviews that I do. Uh, there's going to be uh, kind of every other upload is going to be um, something related to the baseball fan. So this is the first episode and uh, hope you guys enjoy. Subscribe, do all that fun stuff and uh, enjoy. Check out the what the baseball fan has to say because I'm giving them a voice on RizzoCast. Take a listen. All right, we are back with Nick Crane from the East Bay. Nick, how you doing? Welcome. Thank you for doing this. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So I, I really wanted to ask baseball fans uh, a few questions about how they got into the game. And you were the first one that answered. So congratulations. And, you know, <laughs> we're going to start off pretty uh, – pretty big picture item here but how did how did you kind of get into baseball how did you start following the game uh yeah just started following the game I feel like, like most people my dad was a massive baseball fan um he was born and raised in San Francisco so he grew up a massive Giants fan from his dad and then obviously same with me just kind of started going to games at at Candlestick but mostly started going to games once they moved to you know now it's Oracle started Pac Bell the 5,000 names that stadium has had. Um, so yeah, so, you know, 2099 is when they moved. So I was nine or 10 when I really started going games often. I know my dad had a small season ticket package. So started going to games often. And I think that coupled with my, um, my mom had some family that lives down in Arizona. So we'd go to spring training every year. So it's kind of a combination of going to spring training every year and then coming back home and going to Giants games, kind of how it, how it kicked off. Now we're recording this actually the day after the NBA all-star game. And, you know, we saw the energy that happened there and we uh -huh. always hear about the energy in football uh, and even some select people like hockey. Um, but what, what kind of separates baseball from the rest of those, you know, three sports or maybe more. So what, what kind of makes baseball unique to you? I think it's the, I always come back to the everyday aspect of it. Um, it's kind of, it's a grind but I think, I mean, obviously a fan, we're not going through the grind, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's a constant thing. There's always new, there's if something new is happening the next day. Um, I think as a fan, I like that because you're not really sulking about what happened the day before because there's a brand new game to kind of get you excited about. Um, I also like the aspects of, at least compared to basketball and foot, or at least I definitely compared to basketball, being outdoors, day baseball, it's something you don't really get with basketball as much. Um, so I think that's kind of what makes it unique, um, at least for me. Yeah, football, you got to wait a week until. Yeah, exactly. You, know. yeah, you have to wait Sunday. And, and if you're a big, I'm a big football fan. So, you know, you lose on Sunday, you're waiting seven days of just like 
misery because they're all the talking points all week or about what happened in your team loss. So at least with baseball, it's easy to kind of just, you know, the Giants lose new game tomorrow. Yeah. New game tomorrow. Exactly. And uh, you mentioned kind of growing up a candlestick and, you know, being a big Giants fan, you have to have a favorite player. So, if they're, you know, all those years of watching baseball for you, who is that one guy that kind of stands out? Um, so I'd say my two favorites growing up, um, obviously Giants fan Bonds, Barry Bonds is my favorite of all time. Um, my second growing up, I was a big Jason Giambi fan. Um, I know this isn't probably the case for all Giants fans, but I also, I wouldn't call myself an A's fan, but I like the A's. Um, I grew up going to A's games probably as often as I went to Giants games. So I enjoyed watching them. I was a massive Jason Giambi fan. Um, funny story, if you don't mind me telling you, kind of a unique story you asked earlier, what got me into baseball. I was fortunate enough to be a bat boy at spring training twice as a kid, once for the A's. Um, so I think that's kind of why. So I got to obviously meet some of the players and I kind of gravitated towards Giambi, who was obviously winning MVPs and everything. So I think that's kind of what gravitated me towards towards him. So I'd say growing up, definitely him and Bonds um, were my two favorite players. So you were a bat boy. So I we, got, we have to my, hear more about that. Yeah. How was that experience? Do you remember yeah. it at all? I do a little bit. Yes, yeah. so I was 10 and 11. It was actually back to back years, which I don't think they do it anymore. I always like to say I feel like spring training now is so, so big time and so popular, which I don't think it was the case when I was a kid. Um, so what they did and I was lucky, I remember because like they still do now where kids go down, you line up along the baselines to try and get autographs. So I was at spring training and a guy who works for the ACE came out and was literally just asking if any kids wanted to be bat boy for the day. <laughs> and I got picked. I, you know, I raised my hand, got picked, you know, they gave me a, they gave me a helmet, gave me a Jersey and you're essentially bat boy for the day, you know, running stuff out to the on deck circle, bringing it back. I'd be sitting on the dugout, just kind of, you know, wide eyed 10 year old, just like trying to figure out what was going on. Um, so I got to do that with the A's one year. And then the next year, the same guy still worked for the A's, um, recognized me and asked me if I wanted to be bat boy for the Mariners who they were playing that day. And ironically, that was, I think it was 2001, which was Ichiro's first year. So the paparazzi around Seattle was insane. Yeah. So again, I was sitting in the dugout, just like wide eyed, just like around all these baseball players that were like my heroes. So I think that experience really kind of connected me with baseball. And I'm still an avid spring training fan. My, or my parents live in Arizona. So we usually go down there every spring, uh, catch a couple games. God, the times were so much different back then. Nowadays, oh you probably have to fill out like a liability form to even be considered. I, and you have to be a different age. And, you know, so. Yeah, I think about that all the time when because like, you know, baseball is not as popular as it was when I was younger. I know you're obviously younger than I am, and you're obviously a huge baseball fan, but I know that's a huge talking point around the game is, you know, getting the youth into it. And I feel like access to players is big part of that. Um, and with spring training, like I said, I don't think it's like this anymore, but I know I would always go to the A's practice facility and the Cubs practice facility, which essentially was just like five fields you know, and players are on different fields and the fans are just like in between fields, you know, so you're watching Sammy Sosa take batting practice and then he walks literally right past you to go to the next field to take outfield practice. So like, there's no way you cannot be a young, even if you're like a casual baseball fan as a kid, it can't not turn you into a massive baseball fan when the people you see on TV are literally walking right past you as they practice. And I feel like that access isn't, isn't there anymore when you go to spring training. Cause like you said, now it's, it's huge. You know, tickets are super expensive. Yeah. You know, tickets are super mic. expensive. No worries. You know, tickets are super expensive and there's millions of people who go now. So it's just impossible to get the same access that you did when, you know, back in the mid two thousands. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And I think even if it's just, you know, random number 76 walking by a young kid that could, that could That's do a lot of, yeah. It. yeah, it's all it takes. Uh, mm -hmm. So you're at these spring training games and you're at these giants games and I bring food in a lot of times if I'm working, then I'll, you know, go and get something. But mm -hmm. what, what are you getting 
in terms of food at the ballpark? Because this this could really upset people, Nick. You're you're going. I'm. I, I probably shouldn't ask this, or I probably shouldn't keep asking this because a lot of people have strong <laughs> opinions about food, especially yeah. at the ballpark. So, what is Nick Crane's food of choice at a baseball game? So I, I think my answer won't. I hope it won't upset anybody. I don't think it will. I'm very traditional. The hot dog and a drink. I'm very straightforward. When I go to a baseball game. Um, every once in a while, I'll dip into, you know, garlic fries, you know, Oracle Park has a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, you know, the cha-cha bowls, the crab sandwiches, every once in a while, I'll dabble into that. But every game I go to, I need to get a hot dog, I need to get a drink. That's that I'd say that's my go-to, which I think is pretty traditional. So I don't think that should upset anybody unless people think it's too boring, but that's, I, I keep it simple. Oh, so, so sandwich. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we no. won't get into that. <laughs> uh, now, that would upset people if we have that discussion. <laughs> that would upset people. And I don't know the answer. And I don't think anybody really knows the answer. I don't really think anybody cares, but a lot of people do. No. Um, <laughs> so in terms of uh, baseball movies and, you know, watching MLB Network during this lockout, I've had a chance to see a lot of them like multiple times. And at this mm. point, it's frustrating, but uh, I, I've seen a, a good amount of them. So what is, what is your favorite baseball movie? Oh, geez, that's tough. Um, I like major league. I like all the major league movies. Um, I'd say that's probably the one that I can watch the most often over and over again when it's on. Um, let's see what other baseball movies. I remember one of the ones that I first remember watching, I was probably too young to be watching it, but 61 when that came out. I remember being a big fan of that and I still like watching that. I feel like it's kind of not mentioned enough. I feel like when I hear about baseball movies, I don't know, maybe because I think it came out as like an HBO special. So it wasn't like a traditional like theater movie, um, but big fan of 61. Um, so I'd say 61 and major league are probably the two ones that I can kind of watch over, over and over again. Yeah. Good choices. And I have a feeling those two are going to come up a lot here. Yeah. Um, now let's end it on this. Okay. Favorite baseball moment. You've been a fan for a while. A lot of things have happened. What is kind of the one that sticks out to you? Um, so I think obviously as a Giants fan, winning the 2010 World Series is one I don't think will ever be topped. Um, going one that's a little less cliche as a World Series championship. Um I'd probably say the most excited I've ever gotten for a moment that wasn't World Series related. It was still playoff related, but I'd say the Michael Morse home run, uh, I believe it was 2012. Um, I don't remember what game it was of the NLCS, I believe, against the Cardinals. Um, but that game tying home run, I remember going absolutely berserk. Um, I was at my girlfriend's house, who's now my wife. We were watching it. Um, I remember just like losing my absolute mind. So I'd say that's my favorite non world series moment because obviously world series moments are always are always the best so yeah and uh, oh everybody always remembers joe buck's call morse off the bench yeah. tie Just game is impressive yeah. and he was right, right into that little walkway in left field where there's no fans and just you see the ball just kind of bouncing and yeah. yeah everyone kind of kind of losing their mind but other than that 2010 i mean we don't need to go into it. Obviously, Giants fans know. I think my, my special connection, if I know you said you wanted to end it, my special connection to 2010 um, world, obviously that whole year is I was in college. And I, I remember that summer, I took summer classes in college. And I went to college up in Washington. So the college town is essentially dead because most of the students are back home. I was there not having much to do. Didn't have cable or MLB TV to watch Giants games. So every day I'd literally be sitting on my couch with the game day, MLB game day up. And that's how I watched like every game that summer, just stressing over in play runs, in play outs, just stressing over and over. So I feel like it was a unique, unique way to follow this and not being able to watch on TV. Yeah, absolutely. I remember always tracking that in school and tracking the, mm -hmm. you know, it would say, if nobody's on and it says in play runs, you know, a guy just went deep. You so. know. You would always have to, because exactly. it's always like a, like a 30 seconds after the actual result pops up. Um, uh -huh. It'd be cool to do that for a game. Just run the MLB game day and, you know, I, punch I, it, I, it was stressful. It's worse when they, when they enter it wrong the first time and like, it'll <laughs> say in play outs and you're like, yes. Inning over and they change it to in play, no out. And you're just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. What? But yeah, it was, it was stressful being, you know, I was like 20 years old, just on my couch, just watching every giants game that way over the summer and, 
distressing because you can't watch it mm-hmm. so you're just like sitting there waiting for it to refresh and so that's the special connection that's kind of a unique way to follow that season which ended obviously the best that's, really, that's really awesome man yeah. i appreciate you coming on this was a lot of fun and uh thanks for sharing your your baseball story no problem i appreciate it all right and we are back with spencer from san jose he joins us Spencer, how are you doing? Thanks for sitting down and uh, taking the time to talk and, uh, you know, getting, uh, giving us the opportunity to hear your baseball story. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. Steven, thanks for having me on. Uh, Baseball is basically everyone that's on this podcast that's going to be in this episode or in the episodes yet in the past. Everyone loves baseball. That's basically why we're all here. And honestly, you can thank Twitter, the SF Giants Twitter for that. So I think that's the best baseball Twitter there is, SF Giants most known in my opinion so yeah i happen to agree with that and i I really don't know a lot of the other teams twitter accounts or a lot of the others i do get a little bit of 49ers twitter and a little bit of warriors twitter on my timeline but i think the giants fans have genuine uh genuinely been the most knowledgeable uh, about their team and about the sport uh and you happen to be one of them that i see pop up every now and then uh, so Spencer, first things first, how did you get into baseball? And, uh, you know, tell us that story. I don't remember exactly how I got into baseball, like the exact moment, but I remember like the earliest memory I have is being in T-ball as a kid. And funny enough, I was on the Dodgers and my dad was the coach of that baseball team. And to have him coach a T-ball team was like one of the worst things he could ever imagine. It's like, my son's playing for the Dodgers on his first ever like team, like, uh, vision of baseball like this sucks like when we did the team picture he had a giant jersey on it's like this is hilarious but that was the first time i've ever getting into baseball itself was t-ball as i was i think five or six at the time not so sure you just an age, absolute but... stud in uh, as a t-baller were you just like tearing it up the only kid in my team and i think in the league that didn't need a t I just, I don't know how I didn't need a tee. I just never just them, like tossing it and like hitting it and stuff. I was like, how the hell do I do this without a tee? But I guess I was that big of a player to, to have no tee on it. So, Damn, so you were that good. Yeah, it's like, I'm probably advanced for what I was doing. Like, no tee, no no training, nothing. It's like, just go out there and hit it, which I, I guess I had good anti-coordination to do it. So, so how far did your baseball career end up going? <laughs> Up until age, I think eight, so probably three years because I did two years catching after my peewee, not peewee, my little league t-ball stuff, and that completely tore up my knees as a kid. And I have a something that that's common for I guess catchers if you're young is it's a disease that makes your knee like uh, what's it called like it doesn't grow the right way, so your knees just eat up that stuff, and that's where it just ended. And I started doing football after that. So three years, two years catching, one year T-ball. So, yeah. And so, and I played baseball too. And I think when, when you play, you get kind of a, a unique insight into, you know, how the game works and, uh, you know, the different aspects of it that make it so popular. So I'm going to ask you this. Football, NBA, hockey, even at, at, to, to some people, they're all very popular and baseball in a lot of people's eyes has kind of taken a step back, but let's play devil. Let's play some devil's advocate here. Spencer, you, what would be your argument that baseball is not dying and baseball is in a good place? And why is it different from some of the other sports? It's, I don't know. There's people that do not know the inside of baseball, like the analytics and all that stuff. Like, Oh, I see a 90 game. It's boring as hell. Like all that stuff. Like, uh, like the best thing about baseball is how strategic it is. Like I'm not a big strategic guy, but like knowing to my way around it. And that's the, that's what people don't like is that it's complex, but baseball is not dying. I think baseball is legit staying where it should be at. It's not America's game anymore. Cause you have people playing football, basketball, hockey. I, I think it's, because more it's simpler and all that stuff. Uh, people just, attention spans nowadays, I think uh, people gravitate towards something that's easy to learn, which is football, which I think is the highest sport in ratings the last, I don't know, 10 years. Then obviously basketball is up there as well next to it because it's as simple as shooting a basket and all that stuff. 
then probably baseball, then hockey, or maybe you can switch up to both. But I think baseball is the best sport out of the major four because it's so there's so many little quirks to it that you can understand with it. So it's it's a game people should love and you know kids should go out there. Like my thinking with it is. I don't want my kids having concussions as growing up. So when I have eventually kids, I want them to get in baseball, softball, whatever they want to do, not get their head bashed in with the helmet or this, this, that contact sport, like all that stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, kind of a side question here. I mentioned that you're from, you're a San Jose guy, you're a big giants fan. Did you ever go to any San Jose giants games growing up or do you still go to any of them? Yes, the churros are good. So if you're ever in San Jose for anything, the churros are the best thing to have. They have a little bobblehead and they have jersey nights with churros. But yeah, San Jose Giants. Uh, I try to go to see the newest stars. Like the last time I went to a San Jose Giants, Logan Webb was pitching. Now we all know what Logan Webb's doing now. So my full circle is this is happens the same night or this. Yeah, the first one I saw Buster's first ever home run in the San Jose Giants organization so I guess as a as a giant then I watched his last home run as a giant which is an NLDS uh game one in SF so I was there live for both of those and seeing Logan Webb before he was the ace now I call him the ace he's the ace of the Giants I don't care if you think it's disco but Logan Webb is the ace uh and seeing him start game one to NLDS that's full circle of San Jose Giants baseball especially I live so close to it so seeing both of those happen at once and knowing that I saw him grow into what they became or are becoming it legit's awesome yeah and, and i i went this past year and i was so uh intrigued by the beer batter i don't know the <laughs> beer batter is just the most electric thing that happens at those games the beer batter the smash for cash uh, uh the the churro guy there's a lot of that, that's what i like about minor league baseball there's all these little things that you go there it's how you see like you don't want to have a beer battle at like mlb stadiums at all mm-hmm. or a smash for cash in between innings they have a lot of community stuff like the beer batter. That's awesome. Like, I think it's like a two hour beer or half off beer. If these beer batter strikes out. So basically if people don't know the San Jose giants, the beer batter is basically, if you strike out the beer batter, which could be, let's say Aaron judges the beer batter in, in, in retrospect, you strike him out. Oh, beer's half off. Or I think it's some days it's a dollar. So, but if he strikes out, people just go right to the concession stands, get themselves a beer. That's basically what it is. And it's actually really nice. It sells well. There's shirts of it. There's hats of it. Like that became one of the major things of San Jose Giants. And there's a double-double batter, which you get like half off your double-double at In-N-Out, which I'm surprised that's actually there. But San Jose Giants have a lot of good aspects to it. Yeah, can you imagine them doing that with 40,000 people running into the... Uh, they will lose the so much money. <laughs> you can do it with like curly fries or at, at Giants. Or not curly fries, the garlic fries. You can do it with that. Yeah. And, and half off beer at Oracle Park is still like $12. <laughs> My beers at NLDS game one was probably like a tall can was 20 bucks. I was like, this is not worth like it's you have to have it because you're eating and you want something to drink and cool down. So I get the, the, the marketing of it, but it's like 20 bucks for beer. Like, geez, you can stuff it in your pants and get it for free outside. So <laughs> get it like sneak it in. Exactly. Uh, so I know you mentioned posing web. Uh, all time, do you have any favorite players that you, you know, saw, watch, or you I saw, watch, that you watched play over the years? Anybody that kind of stands out? So, I, like I said, I try to go to see people in San Jose that are going to be stars. My favorite all-time baseball player, and I think we need to conversate about this and why he should be in the Hall of Fame is Barry Bonds 100%. I would die on that hill why Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of things that you can put into it, uh, like – even Mike Trout, if you put Mike Trout on the same cream or steroids that Bonds are using, he's still not going to hit as much home runs as Bonds because, one, he's injury-prone, and then, two, I don't think his head-eye coordination is as good as Bonds. Bonds was off the meter or off – legit, it, you just you can't have that good head-eye coordination with steroids or whatever. Like, anything in the zone that he had was already gone. One pitch a night, gone. And, like, you, you can't replicate what Bonds did. No matter if you think he used steroids or you know, it, Bonds is 100% all of no matter what. So I would die on that hill. That's the best player I've ever seen in life. Yet I have to see Trout, which hopefully I can see him this season at, uh, at Oakland. So We are two for two in the Barry Bonds favorite player department. Uh, on I, this. Grew, I, I grew up with him. I, like, I... 
I have my entire, I have a shelf in the back over here. That's all Barry Bonds. I have all his Mark Farlands. Uh, the only things I don't have is uh, an autographed jersey or autograph, autographed bat. I try to have those two side away. And I don't have the chickens that they used to give out at games. <laughs> exactly, I've been yeah. looking for that because that would be awesome for my Bonds shelf because I have an aircraft baseball. I have uh, patches, uh, cards, all that stuff for Bonds because that was my hero growing up. And to this day, I just love the hell out of that guy. So if you had the chance to meet Barry Bonds, what would you say to him? Thank you for everything you've done for the game because good or bad, he's done a lot. Of, uh, oh, I think he did a lot of good for the game. You can argue say that he did bad stuff for the game like oh yeah steroids it's good to use steroids no you see the people have been using that stuff for ages like like pudge did it but like bonds made everyone i think he's better i think he made a more of a ratings jump than mcguire and sosa during their big baseball uh other home runs of summer bonds made people watch that's the thing no matter what and look at at&t park or oracle park i'm sorry uh everything was sold out and the the McCovey Cove was this jam pack for people who want to see bonds hit a splash ball, uh, splash hit. He made baseball really, really well. Like, and that's the thing about it. It not be the whole thing. You can't tell baseball without Barry Bonds. hundred percent. You can't tell the story without him. No, I happen to be in agreement with that. And uh, we're actually yeah. going to bring him out right here on screen. Barry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have him here. <laughs> I, I just fan and all that stuff. Like, Oh my God, shaking. But like, I've been close to him to where I'm just like, I just don't just go up to him because he's busy with stuff. But like anytime he's in like at any, any games at, or at Oracle set elevation, and that shows how much a player can be into a city. And I think there's the, the house that junior built, which is the new Yankee stadium, the house that Ruth built was the old one. Uh, I would, I guess Fenway could be like Yastrzemski or, or uh, I don't know if I forgot his name already, but I think Oracle park, SBC, ABC park, Pack Bell Park. That's what Bonds made it out to be. That's that's. I I think honestly they might have had the Cove out of the right field just for Bonds to hit splash hits. That that could have been a nice way of you know showing Bonds hey splash hits just for him. Which thirty five of them? Well, not anymore half, but like thirty five. That's that's a good number, and you don't even see that anymore. Mm. Like I think Posey should have been counted for a a splash hit, but that damn pillar got out of the way, so. That would have been the first one by a right-handed hitter in the history yeah. of the ballpark. And like seeing that live is to see that ball carry is like that better be a splash hit, but seeing it hit that that little pillar, I was like, damn, it took it away from him. Yeah, no doubt. Uh so let's move on here. Uh you have a favorite baseball movie that you go to? You know, maybe it's a Saturday night and you're thinking about watching a, a sports movie. What is the always go-to baseball movie? Uh there's two that one that I like because of the imagination of it is Little Big League. I thought that was imagine being a kid and just owning a baseball team and it being the twins and all that stuff. I think that one was a good one. And then the second one I think shows a really good purpose with it as well. Uh, a good story is Bench Warmers. So, <laughs> yeah. like, it's a comedy, but if you look at the inside movie or the inside of that movie, it's like let the kids play. Basically, what I guess MLB is marketing now, let the kids play. Like, which is totally different, like, let them, like, show off home runs and all that stuff. But, like, it, it has a good beat to it. And, like, it's funny, but that's the plus line. It's funny, and it has a good story. That's what I like about bench warmers. Little Big League, like I said, a kid owning and managing a ball club like that, the Minnesota Twins at, like, their peak, which is, like, in the 90s, yeah, late 90s. And, like, who wouldn't want to be a kid owning a baseball team? Like, that would be awesome to do. Would absolutely money, be awesome, yeah. And then Moneyball, because I think I like to look at analytics like Moneyball. If he can get on base without having hits, have him on. Like I, I was, I, I'm a big believer of that in fantasy baseball, where I just do Moneyball stuff. Like, oh, he has a lot of walks. It's like Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt's a perfect example for getting on base without uh, hitting the ball, and like he draws walks. Drawing walks is perfect. Belts big at that some people don't like belt i like belt because he draws walks he's on base like this last season he was doing really well at doing that but like i can understand like the the reset not the resentment but the defense on why they don't like belt and stuff but those three are my top three to go to if i have them laid down all great movies all fan and bench warmers is one that i hope i hear more of as i'm doing this so i'm pretty sure you got a lot of Field of Dreams, which I had never seen Field of Dreams. There's probably a lot of set lots. Major uh, League. 
Major League is fun, but like it's not like a kids movie though. Like obviously, when you look at baseball, you want to think like, oh yeah, uh, kid movies. You think of those? <laughs> you three. can't Sandlot. watch that with the kid. No. no, you can't even watch most like Bo Durham with uh, is that was it Bo Durham the yeah. one with Selick? Like you can't. I think you can. Was it Selick? No, Kevin Selick. Costner. There we go. Selick's Mister Baseball. I think that's the one. Another good one, an underrated one, Mister Three Thousand. Mm, Bernie Mac. Rest in peace, the great Bernie Mac. That's another good baseball movie, and people don't tend to realize it that it's it's like there. It's like that's another underrated one. That's top five for me. Mister Three Thousand's in top five. Really, really good movie, and it shows like because uh, I'm a big character guy. It shows his changing character halfway through the movie. So, yeah, that's definitely up there. Sandlot and Mister Three Thousand are up there as top five. Definitely. You and I will make it a, a date to go watch Bench Warmers together. I'm highly down. I'm, I'm definitely down to do that. Get some popcorn and don't hate me, but please do not bring garlic fries. Those things suck. That is a perfect transition into my next question about ballpark food. So you're sitting at a baseball game. Obviously, garlic fries, you're not a big fan of those? No, not at all. And people are going to hate me for this. I don't like the pizza. Pizza's, pizza's too thin and greasy. I'm a big nachos guy. Nice nachos. little nachos with the salsa. And like, that's that's my go-to. Like, I'm there saying the bleachers, nachos is the first thing I get. Anywhere in the ballpark, I just get nachos. There's good hot dogs too, but like, I'm more of a nacho guy. That gets me filled up for a game. That gets me settled for a couple innings or two. And then, yeah, nachos. And then they're nice Whatever they, if they have a souvenir cup, I always get that with a Coke. Mm-hmm. Or if they don't, let's get beer or something. That's that's basically my point of what I do at a ball game. You ever bring food in, or you bring? Because <laughs> I know a lot of people do that too. I have done in the past, yes. Because I I have side pockets like they're not really cargo pants or tactical pants, so they kind of hide stuff. So I can hide in like sodas and stuff, and they won't even care. So <laughs> hide in sodas, I hide in snacks all the time. So not gonna pay that price. And finally, we'll end it on this. Uh, so many moments have happened in baseball that you've witnessed, not just in person, but also as a fan in general. What is kind of some of your favorite baseball moments that you remember? Seeing Posey's last summer as a giant in the NLDS. And I know you weren't there because uh, I think you're telling Tyler about it uh, or Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Uh, I, I butchered his name. I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. 22nd K? Yeah, Tyler Hall. Yep. Tyler. Okay, Tyler. And I know you were telling him that you weren't going to be the NLDS. And honestly, that being there for game one, because I bought tickets before the Dodgers were announced or the one they, they won this wild card. Because, like, the Dodgers win, prices are going to go up. So I'd rather just get it now. And then who cares? Who do they play? But being there for game one, seeing Posey's home run and this hearing everybody this rise. Like, if that had a roof on that stadium, it'd be blown off. But that atmosphere of that game was just you had to be there to witness it. It's like one of those things, like it's like goosebumps kind of thing. And seeing that live was amazing. I think another one was in 2014, Ishikawa's uh, walk off in the panic. I saw uh, on TV, I was like, oh my God, that's that what that's what makes baseball baseball. Seeing those moments like that. And then all time for a moment, you could probably agree with this, 756. Seeing that uh, on TV, seeing the history like that, you know, you won't see anybody do that anymore. You don't see people hit 750 home runs. You almost had A Rod do it, but I don't. Well, A Rod's retired now, but those three are up there for uh, Giants related. And as also a Red Sox fan, seeing uh, Machado get striked out by Sale in 2018 games yeah, in the World Series, that was a uh, against the uh, Dodgers too. So against the Dodgers, had, which, yeah. Yeah, and like from 2010 to 2020, the scene, I think it was five championships between my teams. And it's just, yeah, seeing the Dodgers strike out in the World Series against one of my, my second favorite teams. Like, yes, yes. And they yeah. still don't, they still don't have a real championship. I'm sorry. Actually, they don't have a real season championship. They you got to go champ- way back. Yeah, 30 years back. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, you have 60 games. Like, the reason why they didn't repeat is because they had to do 162 games. They faced teams like the Giants and all that stuff. But yeah, those three are top three for me. Bonds, Ishikawa, and Seed Posey hit the last home run ever as a Giant. As he as a Giant. Yeah, man. And that champion, that the uh, sorry, division series in 2021 against the Dodgers, that was a rough series to have off. I would have been there, but I had yeah. to take it off. Well, um, game one, I... game one 
was electric. That was where I was just like, oh my God, this is just awesome. I've never been to a playoff game. Being in the first ever Giant, Giants and Dodgers playoff game in history, I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like, you, I, I don't know if you've been to games. I don't know how long you've been working for uh, the Giants uh, as a writer, but uh, that being there for that was just, just mind blowing. That yeah, atmosphere, no, I, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do still, my inbox have the, uh, credentials because i was scheduled to work if they moved on to the championship series in the world series i would honestly frame that stuff or if you could like frame it like a print it out yeah yeah print it out frame it it's like i could have been to the giants lcs against against the braves yeah but yeah could have been what could have been (laughs) and it it just uh this is a sad way to end a 107 game series or a 107 win uh for a season which is the highest they ever had. But I think the way the playoff structure is sucks. You can't have the top two baseball teams play us off in the division series. You have to face them off the championship series. Best of seven. That's that's my opinion. Not, yeah, no, not I agree. Because that doesn't give ratings. That's, yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah, I, th- I think you got to reseed. Giants baseball, man, that torture. Yeah, a thousand percent. Like, you, you have to have the two, like, top teams face off in the championship series. That's how ratings will go. If this... I hate when people say that, like, baseball's rigged. It's not rigged. If it was rigged, there'd be a lot of different stuff happening within plays, but you can't rig baseball. I mean, you can probably throw games with, like, your pitchers and all that stuff, but you can't rig it. That, that's it's. I say it's improbable, but, yeah, it's no chance you can rig baseball. Nope. Baseball so, is, is an unmovable object. Spencer, man, I appreciate the time. This was a lot of fun, and uh, this, thanks, yeah, thanks I, for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is, I hope whatever this episode comes out, people see it and be like, oh yeah. And you're doing a great job as doing uh, your uh, podcast on YouTube. I know you got some, Dave Drecky got it. Uh, Rennell's on here. Like this is, this is odd, an honor to be on this podcast stuff. So yeah. Well, I'm honored to have you and others like you who want to tell their, their baseball story. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right. On to the next. All right, we are back with another baseball fan joining the show. It is Matt Hartley Jr. Uh, from Toledo, Ohio. Matt, how you doing? Welcome. I'm doing good, Stephen. I'm, I'm going to probably call you Stephen more than I traditionally do because, as you know, we obviously have a mutual friend. And one of your first guests, Stephen Rudiman, I usually just acknowledge you guys by your last name. So, But for this instance, I'll probably just call you Stephen. Stephen, that completely works. We're good yes. with Stephen. Uh, I don't know why. Why Why would I do such a thing? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in high school, it was not known as Steven. It was all Rizzo. So that's kind of where Rizzo cast yeah. came from. That was the nickname in the classroom. That was the nickname on the baseball field. And uh, uh, it's kind yeah. of stuck. So well, I usually call you Risotto just because to dissonate you from Rudiman. But even when it, he's not even in the room, like when another friend of ours, when it's just me, you and Kyle Foster, I just still call you Risotto just because it's the head, I guess you could say. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot of baseball here. And you're going to be sharing your baseball story. So first and foremost, uh, I presented the question, you know, how did people get in, get you know involved in the game? And I think that's a, uh, a type of thing that we are witnessing right now is I think more young people are, are getting involved in baseball, whether it be playing or becoming a, a fan. So I'm going to ask you the same question. How did you get involved in the game and what is kind of your baseball background? Well, I don't have like the biggest memory in terms of background of baseball, but I the thing I can probably just easily remember is maybe I just flipped on a game or it was on TV when I was younger and just started watching it from there. I didn't get like into it from my parents because even though they enjoy it to a point, but I didn't really get into it in terms of like handed a baseball or a bat or even a glove as a kid. I just probably just watched the game and just started enjoying it. Like I do many other sports, as you know, I'm a huge sports nut regardless of the sports. And so that's how a lot of them really got started football. I know that that's a different, obviously, but football and racing, the two one, the one I love the ones the most, those were probably because of my parents. Baseball and others, I, I just just got attached to me on my own, even though my parents do enjoy it, but this just didn't get brought into my life like the others did. And you're a diehard Tigers fan, is that yes. right? Correct. How did that become? 
you know, that's, that's because, well, I'm a, in football. I like Pittsburgh, but in terms, I never, my parents just, I guess, put in my mind and I'm fine with it. And I've been fine with it. Never root for anything Cleveland. Now, granted, I do root for Ohio state when it comes to some collegiate stuff, but in terms of, you know, professionally, I don't root for anything Cleveland, not even in, you know, basketball or anything. I don't. And so I would say Detroit would probably stuck with me when I was, I don't remember exactly the age, but when I was probably about 10, maybe or so 10, 11 or so, I realized the the farm system that the Detroit Tigers have is here in Toledo. And so the Toledo Muthens, and yes, in case anybody doesn't realize that is a real team out there, even though some people for a long time, it's another story in its own right about how it could be fake and why people thought it was fake, but yeah, I just heard that Toledo was attached with Detroit. And so I just decided I don't root for anything Cleveland. So why not? And my parents really, like I said, they were in a big baseball fans, even though they kind of like pirates, but I decided to go with the Tigers. So uh, you, you live in Ohio, right? And so how far are you from Cleveland? Why is that like such off limits to not root for Cleveland well, teams? I'm about the given the distance, depending on which way you go, I'm about two hours from Cleveland and about an hour from Detroit. Okay, that makes sense. And so, the, but the biggest reason is my late paternal grandfather, when he was just trying to figure out a football team to root for, because he liked he liked the colors that the Steelers had. So, and he didn't like the ones that the Browns had. So he just chose them. And so, and like I said, that's how I ended up stuck with Detroit because I just decided my cats in the track. <laughs> But anyhow, um, but yeah, so yeah, I just decided to root for Detroit because like I said, their attachment, and like I said, it is only about an hour and Cleveland is only two, give or take or so, depending on how quick you go, obviously in which, if you go a certain direction one way or other, other along the lake, but yeah, so Detroit's closer and it's obviously, I think, been better for the most part as a fan, sometimes, obviously. <laughs> like any team that you have rooting interest in. Yeah. It's been a while since the Tigers have, you know, been, been relevant, but I do think that they're trending upwards. Um, and I, I do, I do want to bring this up in 2012, the giants, yes. cause I'm a San Francisco guy, the giants swept the Detroit Tigers in four games in the world series. And Miguel Cabrera is still looking yes. for that Sergio Romo yes. slider. Yes. Yes, he is. He's still trying to find it almost a decade later is, Steven likes to bring up it from pretty much every time we talk, no matter what platform it is that we talk at, and no matter who else is around, but in particular when it's me, the lone Tiger fan, generally, and him and along with other Giants fans, including the couple of guys that we've mentioned and maybe others, but along the way. But yeah, he likes to bring that up. With God, that's been 10 that years. <laughs> 10 years. Time flies. It does. I, it really does. It doesn't even seem like it. Sometimes it does because of how, like, of how bad the Tigers have been towards the end of the 2010s and then the start to 20s. But other times it just feels like when you just talk about it with you, it just seems like it was just yesterday. Like, man, how, how did that even happen? Yeah, it definitely does. feel. I was in fifth grade when that happened. I'll never forget it. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty crazy. How high school. Yeah, no, exactly. hundred percent. Uh, so what, what kind of makes baseball different from some of the other sports? I know you mentioned you like racing, which is a very individually based, um, uh, sport yeah. and, you know, football, uh, football is very popular in the ratings. Why is True. baseball kind of unique? I would say it's unique because it's pace. And I know that a lot of people will say that, but it's the truth because the pace is much different. Just look at the Yankees and Red Sox, for example, they'll play four, four and a half hours when, Sometimes any other game is sometimes three, three and a half. I do, I've, that's the one thing I've never really understood other than, yeah, they have a rivalry with each other, but look at all the other rivalries out there. The giants, your giants with the Dodgers or my tigers with now the Cleveland guardians, you know, why, you know, sometimes, you know, games do go longer, but it just seems like the Yankees Red Sox, that one takes the longest. And for whatever reason, I've never understood, but, but yeah, it's, it's clearly the pace more than anything. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the the pace and the the fact that you could sit down on a weeknight and turn on a baseball game and you know, kind of have it on while you're doing some other stuff. I think it's just a really soothing experience um, for sure. 
Uh, and, and in terms of favorite players, uh, I've, I've asked a few people this and a lot of San Francisco people so far have answered, uh, but I'm interested to get your take. Do you have any all time favorite major league baseball players? Maybe that you grew up watching that you currently watch anybody that well, stands out. I've enjoyed as a tiger fan, of course, Cabrera, that's, that's well obvious, but outside of the tigers, I enjoyed watching Jeter play when he was playing. I, I never had really had a reason for it other than just, just the way he would, he would swing the bat, the way he would move around on the field, just something about it. I don't know what other than that, just because maybe it's just so obvious, but just this talent that he had was unique, I guess, to a certain extent. I don't know other than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he was definitely an icon. He was someone who embodied what it uh, was supposed, what a baseball player was supposed to be like, was supposed to act like, and he did it on the biggest stage in the biggest city in the biggest market. So. Right. And the thing is, too, I don't remember it, but when the Yankees AAA affiliate was down in Columbus, which is about two and a half hours from where I am, it's our biggest rival in Toledo. He would play. He would play against the Mudens, and when the Clippers would Columbus Clippers would play, and like I said, I don't remember it, but I've heard the stories from the local broadcasters and just reading about it, which is just crazy. And it's unfortunate he never got to play the downtown part, which, but that's just the nature. I mean, who wants to stay in AAA forever? Not everybody else or anybody really nobody ever really does but sometimes that does happen i mean it's just just the nature of the game for sure yeah and those stories of guys passing through minor league systems is, oh, is quite amazing i feel like we're gonna get um i've gotten it already i feel like we're gonna get a lot of minor league connections here um you know and that that's great because i think a lot of baseball fans are made at the minor league level oh, um yeah. So the next thing I want to get into is favorite baseball movie, Matt. I know you're also uh, very enriched in, in different entertainment, uh, different am, entertainment I happenings. The movie, movie per se, I never really have a favorite movie. I'll, I'll watch one, like, you know, you know, I, I just never really got into, I get into movies, but I never like say, got into say a favorite baseball movie. I've seen a couple of them, but if you would have said like, which one's that, I'd be clueless. I'd be really clueless on you. Yeah, that makes sense. How about a favorite food, favorite ballpark food? Because I know food. when you go to a baseball game, you know, maybe go to a Toledo Mudheads game, like what are you ordering for dinner that night? I mean, it has to be something that is unique that you can't get anywhere else. What are you ordering? Well, there was thing that they had a burger and macaroni and cheese together. Oh, and that was really good. But one of my favorite things, like, is for a sweet treat, is like, and I'm, I know a lot of places have done this a lot recently here is to put ice cream in a little mini helmet. And so that's always fun to eat a little mini Sunday ice cream. Yeah, something like that. I, I was trying to find mine that I have, but yeah, they've done that. And that's always fun to have. Yeah, I know for sure. There's so many good options at baseball games and they're all so pricey that oh. I feel like if you had a budget of like infinity, I think you could hit them all and you could, oh, you know. Sure. The exactly. options are, are pretty endless. Uh, so we'll, we'll end it here on, on favorite baseball moment. So that if there's, there's any moment that sticks out to you in your, your baseball fandom, what well, would it be? To go, let's see it going back. It's probably when the Tigers won the ALCS way back in 2006 against Oakland. I don't remember every little detail, but I just distinctly remember how, you know, they were getting to the world series and only a month beforehand, the Mudhens had made to and won the, their league title. So I was like, damn, this is amazing. And I probably didn't say, damn, it's a, it's a 13. Well, maybe, I don't know. I, I made up, I don't know. But I, I was just so blown away that, you know, Mudhens had just won the cha league championship for themselves. And now Tigers have got a chance. This is amazing. I didn't know if I would ever, you know, it's one of those things that you didn't know if you'd ever see it. And then, you know, talk about moments that I really did enjoy. Obviously, the 2010 Detroit-Cleveland uh, uh, Mello, I always try to pronounce the same correctly. And then Galarago, yeah, Armando Galarago, yeah, Armando Galarago's perfect game that he should have had. And what's crazy about this, and I was telling you about this a couple of days ago in preparation for this, the, the umpire that missed that call, he he grew up right here in Toledo, way before, of course, me. But I didn't have any idea about that until they brought it up on the news. Oh yeah, and how Jim Joyce grew up in Toledo and went to. The high, this high school, I can't remember the high school, but grew up and grew up and I was like, geez, what are the odds of that and everything? But I have one moment in terms of a fan that I, that has nothing to do with the Tigers and that and I think it's 
probably one of the favorite of a lot of baseball fans that had no interest was the 2011 World Series Game 6 mm. with the Cardinals and the Rangers. Just the way that game was back and forth, I mean, it's insane the way that went. And I had no idea about when Joe Buck made that infamous call about see you tomorrow night was in, in, in addition to his father, late, not, not, uh, his late father, who had made that call almost 20 years prior, which I had no idea about that until somebody had mentioned that to me. I'm like, oh, wow, what are the odds of that? Something like that. Of all these times he could have used it and his dad had been gone for a good few years, but he had never used it until then. So I always thought that was something special for sure. That was an incredible game. One of the top games that I've ever seen. And anybody who watched that will say the same thing. And, um, you know, everybody that, that, that kind of goes down in, in Rangers history too, because that was their second straight world series appearance and they couldn't, they couldn't, you know, tie the knot on it. You know, Nelson Cruz went back to the warning track and oh. he, you know, he was playing shallow to the begin with and it would have ended the game and it went off the wall. David freeze had the triple and then David freeze with the walk-off home run. And then as you mentioned, the, the Joe Buck call is legendary. We will see you tomorrow night. And it was, it, it still gives me goosebumps. I, I go and watch it every now and then to this day. Years since then. Yeah, it, it's been, it's been, it's exactly. It's crazy that that's been 10 years. And of course, David freeze is, bowed down to and in st louis cardinal <laughs> nation because of that that moment oh yeah definitely was just how close the rangers got and then yeah granted they had to win two one of the games on the road which obviously no matter what type of environment it is whether it's the regular season or postseason especially the postseason but to win it in the world series on the road wasn't going to be easy but just they got so close and they missed opportunities in that game six and from my can remember you have better memory about it wasn't game seven like nowhere near close? Like it was just the Cardinals just lit up the show. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. They were like, Yeah, well, you know, you decided to play game seven. You wanted to play game seven? Well, we'll show you game seven. Exactly. hundred. Well, the Tigers, they're gonna come close too. I know they've come well, they've come close a few times. You know, Cabrera taking strike three call. Uh yes. they're they're it's gonna come in the future. They have a lot of young talent, so there's a lot to look forward to in, in Detroit. Let's hope so for my sake and all the t- Tiger fans out there hope so at least because I mean the la- latter part of like I said the 2010s were just brutal to watch and because you just I mean you don't want your team to lose but just when you see it happen so often what do you what do you think's going to happen next you don't want it to happen but how much more can you expect <laughs> yeah exactly 100% Matt changed so much after so what after so many times too yeah baseball is just a, a complete uh it's it's different every season and I think that's what's different about it as well um from season to season there's players that are different there's teams that are different and the rules that sometimes could be different um so definitely a lot to look forward to and Matt I really appreciate you coming on this was so much fun um and uh, I know you're you're an avid listener of RizzoCast, and I really appreciate that. So I want to personally thank you for that. Uh, but I appreciate you coming on and spending some time to talk. Oh yeah, no problem. And I'd love to talk more about other things with you if you always. I'm always open for it. You know that. Absolutely, I will. I will take you up on that. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, again, more baseball fans to come. Thank you for listening.